0: morning, you're listening to 2XXFM. I'm Becca Posterino, Executive Producer and Presenter for Monday's edition of Subject ACT, where we delve into local current affairs. Welcome to the program. The coward assault committed in the early hours of New Year's Eve in Civic is a reminder of how alcohol can fuel violence in the ACT. Perhaps it also highlights the issue of how some young men, in particular, behave under the influence of alcohol in social settings and the deeper issue of questionable cultural and social attitudes and behaviours. I spoke with various professionals to explore the overlap between alcohol, substance abuse, violence and Australia's cultural norms for a diverse insight into this complex issue that needs community recognition and action. And this morning we're talking to Victims of Crime Commissioner John Hinchy. Welcome to the program, John.
1: Good morning, Becca. Thank you for having me.
0: In the aftermath of the distressing coward punch assault on New Year's Eve in Civic, what are the key issues to recognise and address?
1: Well, there was an interesting study released last year by Dr Anne Fox entitled Understanding Behaviour in the Australian and New Zealand Nighttime Economies. And she makes a number of key points which I support. There's no simple causal relationship between alcohol and violent behaviour. And there's no evidence that for most drinkers, the presence of alcohol or even excess drinking of alcohol in social settings encourages violence. The flip side to uh, the no simple causal relationship for my way of thinking is that highly aggressive and angry men, those who are already highly aggressive and angry, tend to drink heavily and frequently. There's a lack of information on the profile and motives and drinking Mm behaviour of these violent offenders. Mm -hmm. And I think that to scapegoat alcohol as the sole cause of violence merely diverts attention from these violent Mm -hmm. men and the maladaptive cultural norms that allow their behaviour to develop and proliferate. I think real solutions are hard to come by, mm-hmm. like anything of a complex social issue. There's no easy solution. Mm-hmm. I think in the long term, we must work to find ways of socialising young males into adapting non-violent responses to provocation and also to begin educating young men that machoism, aggression and violence is not the pathway to manhood.
0: hmm In light of that response, how would you suggest... That we need to, as a community, promote that rite of passage to manhood. And I guess we're specifically addressing men in this issue because mm. they're the predominant it perpetrators
1: are men. And we're talking about alcohol related yes. violence in a social setting. Of course, violence occurs too frequently in the homes okay. of Canberra and okay. the nation by men towards women. And mm-hmm. often alcohol is a factor in that, mm-hmm. but it's not a causative factor.
0: As you say, it's not the scapegoat, and you mentioned cultural norms. I think that's an important point to discuss as well. As the Victims of Crime Commissioner, what opportunity does this incident present for law enforcement reform, if any?
1: Well, first of all, we need to gain some advantage quickly Mm -hmm. around the safety of people on the streets in Mm -hmm. Canberra around our major city centres late at night. Mm-hmm. There is a liquor uh, reform mm-hmm. being, liquor review underway mm-hmm. with the ACT government and I'm waiting for that to, to Gain more momentum this year.
0: How is that progressing?
1: Well, I think the uh, Attorney-General's formed a committee. Uh, There's been a couple of reports uh, and issues papers or an issue paper released last year and comments made by the uh, government community and the business sector. Mm -hmm. But the recommendations in that report have yet to be Mm. discussed and decided upon. I think that we must recognise the fact that you can't, serve alcohol to people 24 hours a day and not expect some sort of difficulty. Mm -hmm. And it's not an uncommon sentiment or thought to to hear expressed that nothing good happens after Mm -hmm. Mm 3am. I think that uh, the uh, Australian culture is not uh, well suited to drinking into the long hours into mm-hmm. the night. We have a, a culture that associates drinking with celebratory occasions mm-hmm. and rites of passage mm-hmm. as you comment mm-hmm. on. But it's not embedded in our daily life mm-hmm. such as some European countries mm-hmm. and I think that uh, because that culture is going to be most difficult to change mm-hmm. of anything, that to establish some boundaries uh, to provide some safety for our community. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, I don't think opening establishments beyond 3am mm-hmm. is going to do a lot of good mm-hmm. for our consumers, mm-hmm. but also for our business community. If we mm-hmm. want a vibrant city life mm-hmm. to attract people to our major city centres, and mm-hmm. I'm talking Conan, the city, mm-hmm. Woden, Targuanong, we need to, to have a place where people are attracted to, not, mm-hmm. uh, not, not avoid, and certain elements of our community are attracted to those city centres, mostly young people at mm-hmm. that time of the night mm-hmm. uh, and because it is available uh, 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. we uh, have seen uh, the trend in uh, young people pre-loading because mm-hmm. it's a lot cheaper to do so Yes, and then to be going out late at night, 10, 11am to begin their night out. I think that if we uh, put a stop to the sale of alcohol at uh, at venues from 3am, uh, that young people would adjust their behaviours mm-hmm. and, and uh, perhaps start going out sooner than that that's one thing i think police could be given uh some more powers in relation to their um uh, notices to serve people in the in on the street to move on mm-hmm. uh, and I'll, I'll be pushing that with the uh, liquor review
0: why the, is that such an important issue to you anyone
1: that's worked in uh, Hospitality industry, or as a police officer, can recognise signs of trouble in crowds and in uh, and in groups of people. That instinct, that's Th- that instinct, mm-hmm. that uh, that flavour, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, you could walk into. I could name a couple of establishments mm-hmm. that I I've walked into mm-hmm. late at night and felt unsafe because I I felt that the establishment did not have control
0: mm-hmm.
1: of their clientele. Yes, uh, and uh, there were behaviours that were not criminal mm-hmm. occurring but behaviours that would be uh, Mm antisocial and threatening to others Mm -hmm. to be near if Mm -hmm. they were sober. Mm -hmm. And so we need police to be addressing those Mm behaviours on the street Mm -hmm. and to be issuing and to have some authority Mm -hmm. to get people to change their Mm behaviours and those behaviours not being criminal, but if police Mm -hmm. can see that something Mm -hmm. is at risk of happening, Mm -hmm. to give them the authority to intervene. I think that our licensed premises also share a responsibility Mm -hmm. uh, in that and uh, I will consider supporting uh, the identification of at-risk areas Mm -hmm. across Canberra in the hope that such a step will encourage consumers to modify their behaviour in mm-hmm. that area, mm-hmm. but also to encourage greater responsibilities from the security people that we trust to keep, a, keep sure. us safe. And mm-hmm. we, I've seen video images of assaults, not, uh, not this year, but the year before last, where more could have been done sooner mm-hmm. to prevent an assault. And of course, I accept that there is some confusion and uncertainty about the physical areas of responsibility mm-hmm. shared mm-hmm. by police and licensed premises mm-hmm. owners that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. as well.
0: You mean the proximity of venue to public space? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: This assault that happened uh, recently, horrific assault, mm-hmm. and that young man is lucky to be alive mm-hmm. as, uh, uh, because the, uh, the fatal injury occurs when an unconscious person strikes their head on the ground more often.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, that assault occurred a fair way away from any licence establishment, mm-hmm. but it occurred at 2.45 a.m. Mm-hmm.
0: And responsibility is the key issue and working around those complex proximities is, is what needs to be identified. And
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, if, if we had closing hours uh, from 3am, mm-hmm. that, uh, that would allow police to use their resources more effectively. Mm-hmm. The other issue that I hear people tell me mm-hmm. is that transportation, is mm-hmm. a difficulty and a mm-hmm. cause of friction mm-hmm. in the uh, in the areas that mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and uh, I haven't turned my mind about any solutions to that. Mm-hmm. But people tell me that uh, there's a lot of aggressive behaviour uh, mm-hmm. in lines for cabs, and um, perhaps the uh, introduction, impatience, mm-hmm. queue jumping, intoxication, frustration. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, the introduction of our uh, Uber scheme yep. might um, might help address that.
0: There have been a number of reported assaults of this nature in Canberra over the last few years. In your view, what are provoking these assaults?
1: It seems that um, some people have lost, or well, some young men have have lost the idea of what it is to be uh, a man. Mm. They have lost. Uh, the uh, the concept of a fair fight, mm. they, uh, and this is why we're starting to call these assaults coward punches. Mm. Mm-hmm. They act in cowardly manner, mm-hmm. in a cowardly manner. Mm-hmm. People are often kicked mm-hmm. when they when they're on the ground. This was many years ago something to be abhorred. So, the behaviour has changed, and a lack of regard for the consequences of that violence. I think that there's an ignorance also about the long-term effects of an Mm -hmm. assault, especially that causes head injury. And I don't know uh, why that would be the case, but Mm -hmm. if uh, young men think that um, getting knocked out means that you wake up the same person, uh, Mm -hmm. they will be sadly mistaken. Mm -hmm. Because these assaults are causing long-term and permanent damage. To, to, to people, and I think that uh, perhaps if there was more education around that, mm. that people might pause. Mm. But I'm also mindful of the fact that the, some of the uh, footage that I've seen seems to point to particular people enjoying the fact mm. that they can assault others. Uh, and I think we need to get into a, a lot deeper understanding of to what those drivers are for mm. those people, and that uh, we need to target our interventions on those Mm -hmm. repeat offenders Mm -hmm. i've heard the uh, victims of assault say to me that the person that assaulted them had been assaulting others uh, in their vicinity prior Uh, and so i would not like to get to the lowest common denominator when Mm -hmm. our community has to suffer the consequences of Mm -hmm. the behavior of a few and that's why i don't support some of the more draconian Mm. um, suggestion
0: Obviously, some of the potential, I guess, methods of dealing with perpetrators, isolation, education, an important point that you raised is actually seeing the implications mm. of impact. And as you say, this if this image or understanding, awareness to shift ignorance is brought to light yes. in the domain of an education forum, perhaps, as you say, there would be pause this is a very interesting point, is to having that exposure to the aftermath of yes. these implications.
1: And this is where uh, restorative justice can play a very important role in our community. The government has announced that restorative justice will be rolled out this uh, year mm-hmm. uh, from March into the adult criminal justice system. It's been operating for 10 years in the Canberra for uh, uh, offences committed by young people mm-hmm. and their victims. Uh,
0: What does that entail, restorative justice? Is that working in the community with those affected by assault or similar injuries?
1: Restorative justice is a process whereby people who commit offences are brought into conversation Mm -hmm. and contact Mm -hmm. with their victims. Mm -hmm. And they sit mostly in a room together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they have a conversation, a structured conversation about Mm -hmm. what happened, who's been affected, how have they been affected Mm -hmm. and what can be done to repair the harm.
0: You're listening to Subject ACT 98.3 FM. That was Victims of Crime Commissioner John Hinchy discussing how alcohol and substance abuse serve as triggers for violence, but also argued behaviours, attitudes and Australia's cultural norms need to be questioned. Coming up, Michael Thorne, Chief Executive of the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education, Fair Australia, talking about alcohol-related harm in Australia. This morning we're talking to Michael Thorne, the Chief Executive of Fair Australia. Welcome to the program.
2: Good morning, Beck. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you for joining us. We're talking about the issue of the assault in Civic on New Year's Eve. It's been described as a coward punch, a king hit. In your role as Chief Executive at Fair Australia, how important is research and education on the effects of alcohol and drugs in the Canberra community specifically?
2: Look, I think any... Any uh, person who is advocating for particular public policy positions, be it on alcohol, drugs, or climate change, economic policy, needs to go to the evidence. Mm-hmm. And FAIR is Australia's leading alcohol organisation in this space. And uh, we pride ourselves as being an evidence-based organisation, our policy advocacy is underpinned by research that we fund and the research that's conducted by the various research fraternity or the research fraternity around the world, not just Mm -hmm. in Australia. Mm -hmm. Australia does have some particularly high profile and extraordinarily good researchers and Mm -hmm. we draw on their work a lot to respond to these sorts of issues like one punch deaths, which are just a tip of the iceberg, frankly, Mm -hmm. but do demonstrate that alcohol Fueled violence has tragic consequences, mm. not only for the victims but also for the perpetrators. The incident here in the ACT could have been a lot worse of course. Mm -hmm. It was a lot worse for the Miller family in uh, Brisbane Mm -hmm. over the Christmas New Year period uh, with young Cole dying after that tragic assault. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I said not only is the Miller family suffering also the perpetrator's family Mm -hmm. uh, who are likely to see uh, their son Mm -hmm. uh, locked up for a considerable period of time.
0: Mm. So in light of the recent and disturbing one Punch Assault Committed in, on New Year's Eve in Civic, how important is law reform for this issue?
2: Alcohol is responsible for 5,500 deaths in this country each year, about 40% of those injury-related, not disease-related, mm. so that's a lot of people. More than 150,000 people are hospitalised as a consequence of alcohol's consumption. About 70,000 people are charged with an assault offence mm-hmm. uh, as a consequence of alcohol. Is national? These are national Mm. figures. In uh, the ACT, for instance, uh, nearly 7,000 people present to our hospital hospital emergency departments Mm. each year as a consequence of the Mm. consumption of alcohol. That's 18 people a day. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty big issue. Mm. Um, And we have seen over the last 20 years... Uh, as a consequence of the sort of market-oriented economics that Mm -hmm. have been adopted by governments, an increase in the availability of alcohol, both temporally in terms of the time at which you can purchase it Mm -hmm. uh, and also spatially in terms of the number of places you can purchase. It's cheaper than it's been for half a century. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course the alcohol industry promotes the hell out of the product. Mm. We live in a very alcoholic environment uh, where it is acceptable uh, to consume alcohol and frequently consume it to excess. Mm. And I think that that's one of the things that's characterized some of these violent incidents uh, in our nighttime entertainment precincts. It's acceptable to get really drunk. Mm. And really drunk people do dumb things, Mm. including assaulting others.
0: So victims of Crime Commissioner John Hinchy this morning suggested alcohol is a possible scapegoat for a deeper problem connected to the need to challenge cultural norms surrounding the drinking culture in Australia. What do you say to that?
2: In the end, what we're trying to change is a culture, a drinking culture. But my view is that um, alcohol actually causes many of these problems. There are undoubtedly violent people, there are undoubtedly criminals. But the fact of the matter is, you remove alcohol from the environment, and rates of assault, hospitalisations, emergency department presentations, child abuse, domestic violence drop dramatically. Mm. As a consequence of the very modest uh, changes that were introduced in Sydney in uh, 2014 following the deaths of Thomas Kelly and Daniel Christie, Mm. which saw a last drinks at 3am policy introduced Mm. by the O'Farrell government, has resulted in an immediate reduction in street violence. Mm. In Sydney CBD, about a 25% reduction in assaults. In Kings Cross, about 32%. These -hmm. were immediate. These are lives saved. These are people who are uh, hospital emergency departments that don't Mm -hmm. have to receive people injured. I think that I saw um, St Vincent's Hospital report uh, earlier in the week that since those measures were introduced in February 2014, they 've only had four people admitted with serious head injuries. Mm. It, the problem disappeared almost overnight as a consequence of these really modest measures so i don 't think it's f- that uh, people like John can successfully argue that alcohol is not a really significant factor mm. in this violence mm. because the evidence shows you remove the alcohol from the environment and these uh, rates of assault just collapse. Mm.
0: So you suggested there is a possible uh, prevarication within the ACT government due to its inability to implement recommendations in light of the protracted ACT uh, Liquor Act review. What do you say to Attorney General Simon Corbell, particularly in light of what you've just mentioned about Barry O'Farrell's LEAP to uh, make these changes, probably with much uh, contest within you know, various factions of the government. What do you say to Attorney General Simon Corbell?
2: I would like to get on with some of these changes. When the government uh, commenced uh, the promised review of the Liquor Act uh, back in 2013, and I thought that we would have wrapped up the whole process by now, and I'm concerned that now that we're in an election year, this is going to make it uh, quite difficult for the government to do some of the things that uh, we believe should be done, mm-hmm. including uh, the introduction of the last drinks uh, at 3 a.m. policy. This is tough going for government and you need to, to be really focused to get it done. I I commend uh, Attorney General Corbell for the process that he's run. He's, mm-hmm. he 's run they have conducted have been very open they've conducted a very rigorous mm-hmm. uh, process of review and they have thrown up some really fantastic ideas about mm-hmm. uh, policy changes that uh, could be made not only just to deal with the violence in our uh, nighttime uh, entertainment precincts but also policies that will go to Um, the harms caused to young people, Mm. domestic violence and child abuse issues, Mm -hmm. they they understand the nature of the problem probably better than any other jurisdiction Mm. around the country. But we can't prevaricate uh, any Mm. longer in my view. I think we've got to get on and deal with some of these uh, really important policy changes that will save lives, Mm. as has happened in Sydney as Mm. a consequence of the O'Farrell measures.
0: So what policies would you be calling upon to change specifically? I think
2: the main one is really our, the trading hours mm-hmm. characterised as a last drinks mm-hmm. policy. We're not saying that uh, uh, pubs and clubs and bars should close. Mm-hmm. We're saying that there should be a cessation of alcohol at 3am. Mm-hmm. That's our main policy objective here.
0: Would an excise tax on spirits be an effective measure to curtail the amount of alcohol being consumed in licensed venues in ACT?
2: Prices is, is the most important uh, factor in the consumption of alcohol. It's The way it's taxed is one of the ways that you can address the price of booze. The big problem in Australia is not with spirits, it's with cheap wine. And the drinking culture, particularly young, among young people, has been this whole phenomenon of preloading. Mm-hmm. And we know from research that my organisation uh, has done that young people going out into these nighttime precincts do preload mm-hmm. and they preload on cheap booze. Mm-hmm. The problem in Australia is the way our wine's taxed. Mm-hmm. It's taxed on the basis of its price, and mm-hmm. uh, in effect, the cheaper it is, the less tax is paid. Spirits, in fact, are highly taxed mm-hmm. um, in comparison to beer and wine, mm-hmm. as they should be, because there's a speed to intoxication mm-hmm. issue there, mm-hmm. and that's why they are taxed in the way that they and when the Rudd government uh, introduced the alcohol pops tax back in 2009, we saw a dramatic reduction in the consumption of those mm-hmm. uh, types of drinks by young mm-hmm. people. Many of them substituted to other products, mainly beer. Mm-hmm. But there was overall there was a net reduction in the amount of alcohol mm-hmm. that was consumed. The taxing of alcohol, though, is a Commonwealth responsibility, and there's little that the ACT government mm-hmm. can do other than to argue in forums like COAG and other ministerial councils that the Commonwealth should get on and do something about it mm-hmm. as more than a dozen government reviews have suggested they should, Mm -hmm. including uh, the most recent inquiry report of the House of Representatives, uh, which uh, recommended that the government fix the the alcohol tax system.
0: So you recently quoted 22% of ACT residents drink at a level that puts them at long-term harm, compared to a national average of 18.2%. Why are ACT residents drinking more than the rest of Australia on average? Well, I
2: think uh, there obvious, there'd be a number of factors. People's disposable income are an important factor and Canberra is a economically mm-hmm. well-off community. We know absolutely that higher-income earners spend more on alcohol mm-hmm. than uh, low-income earners. You can't necessarily say that that necessarily means that they consume uh, more alcohol, mm-hmm. but I think that we can induct from that that, the, yes, they do drink more mm-hmm. alcohol. And I think they drink it perhaps in a way that uh, does suggest that that being a more wealthy community, that we can afford to do it. But I also think that the availability of alcohol Mm -hmm. makes it a whole lot easier for people to Mm -hmm. consume it and then purchase it canberra has some of the most liberal availability laws in the Mm -hmm. country you can buy it in supermarkets you can buy it Mm -hmm. in bottle shops you can buy it over the bar in places like uh, queensland and south australia for instance you can't buy alcohol Mm -hmm. in supermarkets Mm -hmm. and uh, that has an impact on uh, the patterns of drinking
0: What is at the heart of this issue from your perspective? What reform is needed to address the rising incidence of drug and alcohol-influenced assaults in the ACT?
2: My view is what the ACT government can do is to tackle the availability of alcohol. Clearly, mm-hmm. they can do very little about price. They can do something about the way it's uh, advertised and marketed. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of joint responsibility between states and territories and mm-hmm. the Commonwealth. Can't do anything about television advertising of, of alcohol, but they can do things about point of sale promotions mm-hmm. in licensed establishments, uh, you know two for one deals, uh, mm-hmm. some, some of the uh, drinking games and things mm-hmm. like that, which um, we see from time to time and the government does a reasonable job in trying to trying mm-hmm. to stop those sorts of things mm-hmm. The biggie is obviously availability, the number of outlets and mm-hmm. the time at which they're allowed to, to trade. And as I've said in earlier remarks, there's no question that there's a linkage. If you restrict the availability, you will you see immediate results in mm-hmm. terms of the harms. But I think one of the, the other issues, and this goes to the culture question mm-hmm. that John was talking mm-hmm. about, for instance, when alcohol is so available mm-hmm. and promoted so heavily it becomes a part of the culture Mm -hmm. and like a a fish swimming in a polluted river Mm -hmm. unless you stop that pollution Mm -hmm. that fish is going to die and that i think is part of the problem that we're talking about with our Mm alkygenic environment in which people uh, live and socialize Mm -hmm. if all the messages are saying drink well, then we shouldn't be surprised that people do mm-hmm. and that some drink to excess and you end up with some people dying.
0: So whose responsibility is this?
2: For our research shows that the community knows that it's its responsibility mm-hmm. It doesn't just put it back to government Mm -hmm. to do something. Mm -hmm. Our research also shows that government, that that the punters, that the community Mm -hmm. want things, something done about Mm -hmm. trading hours and the number of outlets and the way that alcohol is advertised. There's been... Consistently, very strong majority support for changes on all those those issues. Mm-hmm. The problem comes with the power of vested interest. In this case, the alcohol industry, mm-hmm. both at the kind of producer level mm-hmm. as well as the retailing level, mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. pubs and clubs, and they and they have uh, really convinced politicians that they will be in trouble if they move against some of their activities mm-hmm. and uh, restrict um, the availability of alcohol. What governments and what politicians need to understand is that the community will back them. Mm-hmm. And Mike Baird killed off any suggestion uh, recently that they will be relaxing some of those O'Farrell measures that Mm -hmm. were introduced in Sydney because he knows that the public supports Mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. Most people can't understand why anyone would be out drinking at 4am or 5am in the Mm -hmm. morning. I think... Nearly half the community believe that midnight is a is a, a fair time to close or uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll stop selling alcohol, mm-hmm. but that rises to nearly ninety percent when you when you talk to them about whether or not you should be able to get alcohol after three a.m. So, in fact, overwhelmingly, people uh, believe that there should be
0: earlier closing times. You're listening to Two Local Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT. I'm Becca Postorino. That was Michael Thorne, Chief Executive of the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education, Fair Australia, talking about alcohol-related harm in Australia in the context of the coward assault committed in Civic on New Year's Eve earlier this year. Thank you for your company today. Next Monday, I will dig deeper into this issue as we meet a local assault victim who shares his experience after the event. I also talked to Acting Sergeant Russell Kafer of the Regional Targeting Team of the Australian Federal Police here in Canberra and Associate Professor Dr Lorana Bartels of the University of Canberra's School of Law and Justice for a legal perspective. Tomorrow, Robert G has more on Norma's Corner and Sly Fox Cafe. You've been listening to Subject ACT Two 2XXFM. I'm Becca Postorino. Enjoy your day.